Hi, it's Joe. Hi, friends. Aislinn here. And we want to welcome you to the second half of Season 3 of Dinner Table Talks. We are so glad that you are here at our table with us, and we are looking forward to all of the great talks that we're going to have. If you enjoy what you hear, tell a friend. Grab a drink and get your most comfortable chair. Pull it up to the table because we're about to get into it. Aislinn, it's our season finale. Can you see the confetti going up all around me? I can see in my mind's eye. That was like some kind of bird sound. (laughs) I can see in my mind's eye you saying, Joe, I think we should do a podcast. I know. It seems like it was yesterday, right? It was three and a half years ago. And then it took us about four months to like ramp up to do it. Yeah. To pull the cord on the lawnmower. Sometimes it takes us more than four months to pull the cord on something. I would say it's act- it actually had taken us 10 years to get to the four months to do the... We were going to call it The Dinner Table, I remember. Uh-huh. No, what about Dinner Table Talks? And then we found a podcast called Dinner Table Talk. Uh-huh. Uh, that's different enough. That's fine. Dinner ta- <laughs> DinnerTableTalks.com is available. Uh-huh. A buddy that had produced a podcast I did forever ago had all that old gear, just gave it to us. We still have the same gear. (laughs) So yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about what the season was about, where we're headed. I'm looking forward to that. Well, there's a lot of shifting occurring. (laughs) I said this the other day, that we make big shifts in our relationship between July and the end of October. In our relationship? Us together... In our life together, as we've been together, Mm -hmm. that's when big shifts occur. The movement into the school year. And, and, you know, if you think about it, I guess for the last 20 years of our lives, we have been focused on children. And children's make big moves in that time of the year, the summertime and going back to school. and Children's sure do. (laughs) Children's. (laughs) It was a big weekend. Right, exactly. All of that's got me thinking about the whole shift in chapter change that is occurring for me, but also for our kids. Well, you said it last week. You're going to turn some page after we get your daughter up to college. And then we get back. And I have. Absolutely. Yeah. So we got Lillian up to college this weekend. And of course, the boys, we got them all settled back in again, too. Took Savannah with us for the first time all together. Yep, my parents were there, so it was just this big old weekend big of family like celebration. family. Yeah, the whole family's in College Station. Big old eight top. Went and had a delicious dinner at Ronin. Great farm to table. The boys did finally get those chicken fried steaks. In fact, when the waitress came to the table, I was like, "We need five chicken fried steaks stat." <laughs> I was going to go with the chicken fried steak. What too. else you need? But chicken fried steaks for everyone. <laughs> It was just an easygoing weekend, and we got little up there, and it's just a big shift for my mind, I think. So there's been a lot of contemplation occurring for me over the last, like I said, from like the start of July until I expect it to kind of transition over into October. I'm kicking off my planting. I planted eggplants and tomatoes within the last couple of days in the ground, big plants, We've had rain. I'm starting seeds indoors, and it's moving in that direction. I'm about to do a bunch of launching of some new big projects here at the farm and different ways to do it. I promise you I'm going to kipe some of Kalen from the homestead in Kauai's Mm -hmm. ideas when he did his Poke Bowl cooking class, and he had his homestead set up the way he... 
you know, I loved it. Summer's not a break for you. That's I wouldn't put it that way, that you get a break from the garden during the summer. No, but it is a time to like heal and slow down. Mm-hmm. And this is like the kickoff of the football season right, for, right. for us. This that, is like, well here said. we go. Because June, July, and August is so hot. When you told me, I don't even know why I'd have a class. It's right. unbearable to be outside. Yeah. We're not really growing anything. But that rain we got a couple weeks ago, we talked about it, seems to have kicked off what is very clearly in the atmosphere around here, as you say, kickoff season for fall. My gardens look damn good. I'm very happy. They look gorgeous. They're establishing and I'm continuing to be able to keep them in production good. Your folks took the boys to go to the grocery store for a big stockpiling fill up of the pantries. We took Lily. Yep. I love when, to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. When we reconnected with the boys, Hunter said, Dad, has this ever happened to you? I've kind of settled on bourbon as my preferred spirit. Because <laughs> what I'll do is like, if I got no studies, he's all justifying it. If I've got, I don't know why he talks like this. If, <laughs> if I've got no studies, I, I'll, you know, I'll draw, I'll pour myself just a little nip, you know? Anyway, I was out. I went to the liquor store and the salesman there's like, oh, you're going to get that one. You should try this one. Okay, why? Well, I sell a lot of it, and it's $6 cheaper a bottle, and da-da-da. So I I did. Dad, it's garbage. (laughs) Dad, you should try this. It's horrible. So I'm not going to try it. I'm going to take your word for it, but why don't we go to the liquor store? We're filling up the pantry. I'll buy you an above-average bottle of this so you guys can enjoy. When we get to Ronan, it's the first time that Savannah's been there. It's the first time that your dad's, like, participated there. This great tradition that I love. Their roots are now farm-to-table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're going to sure. go off to college, and I looked through their pantry. There's some suspicious behavior going on, yeah. but now is not the time to get onto your ass about it. You're also an adult. Yeah. But right. let's all go out to this beautiful farm to table experience. Oh, they appreciate good food. Oh, I yeah. promise you that. <laughs> so we're there. We're ordering the drink round, and it's that kind of fancy and schmancy, hoity and toity both restaurant. <laughs> we're back there again. <laughs> Two weeks in a row for you. Don't tell me you don't live the best life <laughs> no, ever. I live the best life ever. That's where the chapter changing comes in. It's that I needed to understand, like, you lived the best life ever. You know that, Aislinn? That's right. Uh-huh. Yes, I do. <laughs> I can't remember if it was your mom or your dad, but one of them said, well, we did something. Uh-huh. What did you do? Well, Pop Pop's got this favorite bourbon of his, uh-huh. and he had it before, and it's a bit of a treat, and we kind of splurged. <laughs> but Pop Pop ordered this special thing. Oh, that's, that sounds fantastic. What is it? Well, it's just a single kind of, you know, shot, bar shot, but it's $50 a glass. And the kids, you know, are like, yeah. <gasps> what? And as you said last week, they're just living their best life. You know, it comes out. There's a lot of pomp and circumstances at the bar. Clearly, this is something that doesn't get ordered very often because right. of the price tag. They got to pull out a ladder to get way up on the high shelf yeah. to get this thing down. It comes. Pop Pop takes his little sip. You know, this is a sipping thing. Mm. And it, oh yeah, just as I remember, just as I remembered, and the boys are over there, drool literally coming out of their mouths and dripping onto their nicest shirts. Pop Pop says, "Okay, boys, I'm passing this down to you, but it's a sip, like a couple drops. You understand? This is mine." And they both tasted, and they understood mm. there is quality. Mm. That exceeds the $6 discounted, you know, cheapo bourbon that the Specs guy tries to sell you. Hunter apparently kept whispering all evening how delicious that that taste was, the taste he took was. Well. That was kind of funny. Share with your kids the most important lessons. (laughs) Yeah, that's, (laughs) yeah. For me, the transition as it relates to having good drinks is 
that's all I need right. is the $50 glass of perfection of some sort of liquor that I love or the fancy $15 cocktail that is a special treat at this particular restaurant. You know, if it's not that, then it's something completely different that just doesn't make me feel real good anymore. I got to be honest with you. Big changes coming. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about them. Ooh. We speculated last week that the rise of feral chickens in Kauai could be because there are no predators. Mm-hmm. No. We speculated because they told us. <laughs> well, you wanted to know if there were hawks Other and things. owls. Yeah. There is a Hawaiian hawk. That's the name of the species, but that's not picking off as many chickens as there are. Uh-huh. There are a couple species of owl. Uh huh. But the only real natural predators to the Kauaian chickens are pet cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. And getting run over when they cross the road. Well, <laughs> don't ask why. We could be here all day. Then you said, what is a mongoose? Right, right. <laughs> I don't even know what a mongoose is. <laughs> mongoose are a weasel-like animal totaling about 26 inches in length with a long brownish body, short legs, and a tail as long as its body. And it looks like that. That reminds me of that thing that people had in their house in the 90s. What's that thing Ferrets. called? Ferrets. Ferrets, yeah, ferrets. My One of my fraternity had brothers ferrets. had a ferret, yeah. They had ferrets all over their house, and the house stunk all the time. A ferret stink, and no. Do you remember Timon <laughs> and Pumbaa from The Lion King? Yes. A meerkat? Uh-huh, right. Is a species of mongoose. Okay, okay, okay. There's 20, 30 sense. different species of mongoose. Mongooses, mongai, no, it's mongoose, are the ones that are notoriously known to battle cobra and win. Ooh. Ricky Ticky Tavi from The Jungle Book is a mongoose and let's just also be real my first bmx bike age eight or nine (laughs) was a mongoose super goose and look at that picture aislinn that was a badass bicycle (laughs) yeah got stolen off my back porch one day and i was very very sad now Mm, mongoose do stolen from you they don't get stolen from me now i'm not gonna manifest (laughs) that by allowing you to even continue mongoose do exist on some of the other hawaiian islands but in Kauai, they have worked hard to keep them off Mm -hmm. but the idea was in 1872 they brought over mongoose to battle rats and it was an epic fail mongoose were so invasive that they took over the island islands instead i wonder if a any kind of like little mongoose or something ever tried to get like on a raft and like go to Kauai. If that happens and the citizens find them, they are dispatched <laughs> with, with extreme prejudice. <laughs> they don't want mongoose on their island. Then you had some questions about different items and ingredients on your fancy schmancy hoity-toity farm-to-table dinner last week. Yes, I did. Shiso, I know. I don't know why I got stupid and my brain forgot, but shiso is a plant that we can actually grow here. It's just a green leaf. And we talked about it on sushi with Mr. Boyd. I have some growing out there in the garden. You also, though, didn't exactly know what a nishi avocado was. Okay, okay. Nishi avocado is short for Nishikawa avocado, a variety of avocado, listen, that originated in Hawaii. Oh, cool. So that was a local avocado. Local, local. Gremolata that was on your ono. Yes. That's a dressing or garnish made with chopped parsley, garlic, and grated lemon zest served as an accompaniment to fish or meat. Yes, and I had it on my meat. Then the last one was the cupei, Q-U-P-E-I. Uh-huh. This is not a word that exists on Google <laughs> in any stretch or form. Okay. I think they made that shit up. 
Our okra journey continues as we seek out all kinds of different ways to use okra in ways that we hadn't. Mm-hmm. Last night, you said to Google ground beef, onions, okra. Cow peas. And I did. Find a recipe, put in these words. We've done picadillo before on the show. Mm-hmm. This is Louisiana-style picadillo, mm, which just good. simply means you put okra in it, and it becomes Louisiana-style. Well, and the cow peas, because that's a whole cow pea thing. Cook you know? your white rice over on the side. Mm-hmm. You're going to cook up your ground beef, onion, and garlic. Mm-hmm. Add a little bit of water, and listen to this. Sliced okra, mm-hmm. salt, pepper, cayenne, and then we added those cow peas and a tromboncino, our very first one, really. Yeah, Or uh, I say the last one of this season. Or the first one of next season. Well, no, that doesn't count because this is the season finale. <laughs> that could be one of the cliffhangers is that we use the tromboncino. And what can the tromboncino be next week? That's right. It's a tromboncino cliffhanger. a tromboncino cliffhanger. in the refrigerator right now. <laughs> I cooked up that tromboncino squash. In the cast iron, mm-hmm. got it browned on all sides and a little bit tender, set it aside. Then for your cow peas, and this blew my mind, I just made them like I would black-eyed peas, but I made them real quick, and here's yeah. why. The recipe called for a can of beans. Cans of beans are cooked already. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, right? So I needed to cook the beans before I introduced them to the recipe. So it was simply, in the oil, onion and garlic. Mm-hmm. Get that ready. Then add some water. Because I'm out of broth, I needed to buy a chicken because we're, like, we're almost out of broth. <laughs> Our broth tank is, the light came on, Uh-oh. on E. And then add the cowpeas with some bacon, close the lid 25 minutes. I served you some just to try them. You said that's the best black eyed peas, cowpeas you've ever made. Yep. I think it has to do with the freshness because I had just picked and shelled those and then we were eating them right then. And then also, I think that it's just keep it simple, man. I think the flavor of the black-eyed pea or the... I call them cow peas because I use all the different kinds. Purple, black-eyed pea, all mm-hmm. the different kinds. That's why I call them cow peas. But they're southern peas. Y'all know what we're talking about. They're just so good. I love them. Well, I dumped all of that into the cast iron, put the lid on, and simmered it for 10 to 15 minutes. Just checking to see when the okra was done. Serve it over the rice. You were happy. Mmm. It was good, and I ate it for lunch again today. That was a perfect, like, goulash type of throw-it-all-in southern comfort. Like, that was a fulfilling mm-hmm. meal with rice and ground beef. Mm-hmm. and The rice fills in the cracks. Yeah, it was good. Look for it on our Facebook, Louisiana-style picadillo recipe. I'll post it there. But that might not even be the best thing that we made this week. No, the cooking and the vegetables, you guys, everything's been so delicious. You have those leeks. I don't want yep. one of them to go to waste. No. Nope. So I Googled pork chops and leeks. We had done a pork chop leek recipe just a little bit earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. I wanted something different. Mm-hmm. Came up with this pork chops with mushroom and leek cream sauce. Mm, mm, mm. It was so good, Joe. I ate three pork chops. That's how much I ate it. I made four pork chops knowing that there would be two <laughs> I could slide with the extra sauce on top into the fridge so that when you're coming in, right? That's your Because yeah. that's been kind of your thing. Yeah. Out for You told me last night. Out for two hours in the morning. At least two hours. So that puts me in, you know, around 12, 1230. If, if I work a really long time, I can even work till one o'clock. Yeah. Then you come in. Few chores. Cool off a little bit. And uh, I want something substantial in the refrigerator. Lunch. Yeah. I hope that you've seen an extra effort to make sure that you've got some good stuff in there. Yep. And I can eat like a whole awesome Please meal. give me the credit that I so... The credit is all yours. You feed me well. 
that I have this unquenchable desire clearly for, and I, <laughs> I said that one time, credit's not the right word. What's the word I'm looking for? Appreciation. Maybe. No, I said, I just want um, some no. recognition. Re- yeah, whatever. I said, I want some recognition slash appreciation slash credit. And you said, Joe, everybody on the farm does. Everybody does. <laughs> Season your pork chops, right? Salt, pepper, whatever you like. Then go ahead and get those nice and browned in your cast iron, five minutes on each side or so. Take them out. Wipe your pan clean, saute your mushrooms in butter. You know what you're doing there. Turn the heat down low, you're sweating those mushrooms. Mm. Water is coming out, but the heat's not so high in your cast iron that it's evaporating. You're holding that mushroom juice, for lack of a better word, to incorporate those flavors into the finished sauce. Then add in your leeks and garlic. I keep that temperature low from what I learned about garlic and cooking it and keeping the temperature low. And that has been almost revolutionary in there with like richer garlic flavors. Add in your chicken broth, coconut milk, paprika, put your pork chops back in, cover it up with the lid, simmer it 10 to 15 minutes. God, they were good. It was so So good. good. So good. Part of some of the chapter changing things that are occurring for me are a commitment to really elevating the homesteader part of my lifestyle, like development and growth. I've seen some things. And part of that is cooking the food, all the different kinds. Even if I'm not the one that cooks a lot of meat Mm -hmm. around the farm, Mm -hmm. I do a lot of other things. So all the things I do when it's time to do them, do them and contribute them and add them in. So I came home from Hawaii and had massive Armenian cucumbers yeah. on my on the vines. And so I had a lot to do with them. Two of them I took into town to one of my friends who's opened up a restaurant called Pharmacy. And I know we're going to talk about that some more in the future. F-A-R-M-A-C. Exactly. Got it. Farm to table restaurant, getting its startup. The other one, though, I cut in half and I used half of it to make a cucumber salad that went with the pork chop perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it was just Greek yogurt. Fresh dill, red onions, olive oil, you know, your basic cucumber salad. And it was excellent. It was great. I'm able to use some of the dill pickle salt that I had from last year to Mm -hmm. add a little bit more dill into it. And then because I had the other half of that, I needed to go ahead and whip together some cucumber soup. So I made some more cucumber soup, of which some of it we took up to the boys. Cortland loves cucumber or anything, so I think he probably enjoyed that. That was that cold that. gazpacho that we talked about exactly. just a couple few weeks ago. I just ago. remade it again. Man, I, when we said that week, this is one you need to put in your arsenal, you weren't kidding. That was a fantastic cold cucumber soup. The avocado smooths it out yeah. real nice. Yeah, this one was that other one I made a little bit different, and it was a little bit spicier because mm. I had put some red pepper in okay. it. I have some jalapenos coming off the vine, but they're red. It's that time of year when you get, when the gardens get tricky, if you're doing it the way I do it, where I pulled in a 20 pound watermelon, you guys. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. So it's the same thing. It's just these giant fruits and vegetables that are the, kind of hiding. It's not even the best part of it. You said, look what I found that I didn't even know that I had. Exactly. And it was one of the largest watermelons that I've ever seen, even including grocery store, big watermelons. Yeah. It was huge. And then you weighed it and that went real well. Well, I dropped it. I knew I was going to drop it, but it was perfectly cracked open because it was perfectly ripe. You guys, this is one of those quality watermelons. Oh my God, it was drippy. I filled a whole huge container full for our house, a whole huge container for our neighbor's house, live right across the street right over there. And then the other neighbors across the farm, uh, uh, the real neighbors across the street. I texted, I said, do y'all like watermelon? Yes. I'm going to bring you some. I did. I got a text back, Joe, this might be the best watermelon we've ever eaten. 
It was really, really good. So all these little magical things that are being found out there, I'm mm. bringing them in and I'm turning them into things too. Season finale, you want to go down memory lane for a little while? Sure. Some of the larger concepts that we talked about, and one of them is our travel. Okay. We just wrapped up the season with your Hawaii trip. Yeah. Which sounds still like paradise on earth, pleasure filled, transformational, all totally. of the words that you use. Totally. We also went to Arkansas earlier in the year. Yep. That was a great, great time. Also transformational. If you take out the trips to College Station and the little day trips to Austin, we're going to go to ACL in a couple months, that kind of thing. We try to go on two, we're going on a vacation, vacations a year. Mm-hmm. So Arkansas was just perfect. And we were reminiscing a lot about it as we try to put together something potentially for February of this year. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed us just being in the long car ride, mm-hmm. the getting dog. some time to talk. Yeah, getting to know how the dog would travel. And he's a great little traveler. There were so many parts of the Arkansas trip, I think, that really... Even still to this day of how I'm shifting in this chapter changing moment of my life, like how do I want to travel? Because I am a traveler. It's my nature to move and travel. And now that I'm so well grounded with the farm and this home base being so grounded, I was going to say it's interesting that you chose a profession or a profession shows you mm-hmm. that grounds you grounds while me. you call yourself someone that needs to get out. That's right. It so seems a little... It's, no, it's the perfect combination. Someone that has a wanderer spirit needs to be grounded. Ah. You ground in, and then when you go to wander, you wander real good. Mm-hmm. And then when you come home, you're perfectly happy to be at home. I didn't get to go with you to Hawaii and experience as your partner... The detachment that you make when you go on the trip, you talked about it, Mm -hmm. and stay in that moment. Yeah. Because I know that you love me and you love talking to me, but I'm not going to hear from you as often as I normally do. And why would I? There's no emergency and you're having an experience beyond all measure. Yeah. But Arkansas, you and I, quote unquote, trapped in a car together. It gave me a view. It gave me a vision. The vision I needed to see. A vision I needed to see was how will we road trip on a really long, potentially like complicated because of, you know, we're carrying a lot of stuff with us. We're going a long way. We're mm-hmm. staying in a couple different locations. We got the dog with us. We're going to go hiking. We're yeah. going to, we're great travelers and we, that's we're very good at important. We're together. I think <laughs> yeah. that we're a good partnership there. It solidified this idea that we love outdoor adventure. When you start taking off a lot of the like, I don't know, expected American travel things that you aren't as interested in doing, like shopping. Well, I don't really want to shop. Right. And I don't want to stop and eat three times a day. I have a mall where I live. I don't need to see your mall. Yeah. I don't want to go into the bar, hop, hop, bar, hop, hop. You know, I don't want to go on all the traditional excursionary tourist all of them, although I'll go on a few. I want to see geographical and cultural. Yeah, I want to see geographical and cultural things that I can only see if I'm in this place. Yeah, and so we can go and do those things in adventure, or I can go and do them on my own too. I'm very good at that as well. Mm -hmm. And I like having a companion, but I don't require a companion to do every single piece of a vacation with me. I don't require a companion to go out to dinner or to lunch. I don't require a companion to go to the movie. I can do... Both together. Antique bathhouse experience. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. going up into the Ozarks for two days, completely isolated, really, yes. cooking our own food and seeing yeah. gorgeous country. 
Yeah, that was a good memory from last season. Another thing that we talked about for an extended period of time, and I think pops up every other episode or so, is the concept of the insanity loop. Mm, I've been working through it. I mean, this year, if anything, that last season was about the insanity loop. And I think that maybe that's what the chapter changing is, is that I am confidently saying I'm out of whatever that loop was. Now, I'm not saying I'm out of every (laughs) insanity loop loop that's ever going to exist, but whatever that particular loop was, I made it. I broke through the ceiling and I'm on the other side. And there was that (laughs) thing that happens, the synchronicity of watching a really great movie. I know it spoke to both of us, everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm -hmm. And the concept of the loop in that film the idea that you were breaking out of some insanity loops that we needed to break oh. out of a couple of insanity loops and that I am still working through, but am trying to say no more of this behavior that isn't serving me any longer. Your awakening. It just happens. I don't even think we can control it anymore. I think that if you're even remotely connected to somebody that is having any kind of awakening, it, it rubs off on you. It's contagious. Well, I'd like to think <laughs> that any and all of our guests can maybe think about the insanity loops of their own and start shaking themselves around. What's been really interesting for me to think about that insanity loop in that particular movie over this time is the idea of the way that they described how the daughter felt about everything. Like she understood that nothing mattered, Mm -hmm. but the negative side of the polarity versus the love, the dad's love, love is all that matters. And the thing is, is that they're both right. Love is all that matters and nothing matters. And because they were both right, it was ultimately a choice. But love will always draw you back over to it. And season three was certainly a part of that unraveling. And we did it right here on the microphone. I think that I've heard a couple of people talk about how they love the Magical Mystery Tour. And Mm -hmm. I think that's funny that those literal words are like seeping into the like ether of the people that talk around us. About four or five months ago, someone said the term blue zone, and Uh then we gonged it. And that began a multi-week adventure through the different blue zones, as they're called, little pinpoints where the data dictates that there are more centenarians, 100-year-old folks and older there. And what is it about those locations that promotes long and high quality of life? I loved those conversations in that series that we accidentally got into. Well, so did the guests at the dinner table because I got a lot of comments. We had a lot of people talking Mm -hmm. it up and asking us questions and thanking us for talking about it particularly. I watched a podcast the other day that I was so excited and it was about a centenarian who actually is still a runner and wins big races Mm -hmm. and he's a canoer. You know what he gave me hope for? And I've always said this. I just need evidence. I need a little bit of evidence. I need evidence that I can heal this particular part of my body. I need evidence of regenerative gardens that work. I need little pieces of evidence to show me things. And the evidence wasn't that I could live a long life. I know that I can live a long life. I know that I'm going to die. There was no evidence there. The evidence for me was you, baby, at 43 years old, have only just begun And a fun, interesting part of all of what I've gone through this past year with the insanity loop and satisfaction and... Before you move forward, a thing I've observed about you, a purposeful desire to raise your level of consciousness. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much we've talked about that over the course of the last season, but in our home and observing you, 
that's another journey that you've clearly, clearly been on and are taking very seriously. Oh, sorry to have interrupted. That's okay. Ascension is my number one, most important priority above all else. That is God willing. God willing is where I am in life. That's all. And the thing is, is yes, it was purposeful, but I had no idea what I was asking for when I said, I want this thing and I Mm -hmm. want to be purposeful about this thing. And here I ended up today listening to a 99 year old man Mm -hmm. who is active in telling the world, if someone would pay my favorite charity a bunch of money, I would prepare myself again and do a marathon again. And he's 90. I think he was actually 100 at the point of the podcast. He's lived almost twice as long as I've already lived once. And I've got so much ahead of us. How many marathons are you running? No, I don't have to run a marathon (laughs) because he was talking about purpose of life. And I feel so good about my purpose-driven life. He was also talking about many of the things that we saw in the Blue Zone conversation. Movement. That was an important one. Plant-based diet. Community. Purpose, Mm -hmm. right? Movement. This was an important one because yeah. he w- he almost wouldn't talk about exercise. Did you notice how the podcaster, and of course, the podcaster had to corral him a little bit because he's a 100-year-old man and he wanders with his conversation. 100-year-old man going to say what he wants to say. <laughs> exactly. It was fascinating. But eventually, he finally got there and he was like, no, it's about movement. I just move every day. He canoes. He runs. Why does he run? Well, because when he was about 60 years old, he decided, I, th- I think I need to go outside and start running. I think it'll make me feel better. Mm-hmm. And then someone told him, you run pretty fast. And so he entered a contest. And then before you know it, he's winning the 88-year-old fastest marathon in the world. Right. Like he says, for the age that I am, I'm number one. <laughs> I just we'll be thought it sure was the cutest to post thing. that podcast. It's an interview with this gentleman. It's great. Yes. It makes you think about all that Blue Zone stuff. And it really does give me the evidence I need to turn that page. But if you had to say one overlying theme that defined and dictated and weaved in and out of season three, it was that almost a year ago, we moved out to the farm. So the transition to the farm has been the biggest thing that has happened to us in the last year. And the hands-on ability of living out here Mm -hmm. has led you to really expand your production out here. Mm -hmm. Us, including your folks, to expand the amount of and quality of the events that we throw. Mm -hmm. It was our first dinner table talk salon. Yes. Which we need to get back yes. up and do again soon. I was actually going to say, I think we should do one in September. I think we should just say we're going to do it and let's do it. Your day at the farm. I have another one of those coming up in October. Farm to table dinners before mm-hmm. it got too hot. Mm-hmm. The long lunch clubs. Yes, I love those. I'm launching those again in September. I want to do a whole lot more providing opportunity for people to match coming to the farm when it matches their lifestyle the mm-hmm. best. The farm is a place of legacy that my family has created, and we believe so much in freedom. And for me, freedom has shown itself in that God-willing ascension, like sovereignty freedom. I believe that everyone here on the farm feels the same way about it, Mm -hmm. but I'm not here to speak for anyone else. My purpose as we move forward is a freedom harvest. How do we present now Freedom Harvest Farms so that when someone who's traveling from another part of the world or someone who is staycationing right here in the coastal bend in our area or in Texas, I want to be real purposeful. We eat here, we heal here, we grow here, and we celebrate here, and we do it all in the name of harvesting freedom. 
And I'm excited to see where all of those things manifest. Well, I mean, we've already mentioned a few things that are coming up for us in the year and therefore coming up to our dinner table guests. And I guess the question that I'd formed to ask you, you've answered a little bit. Oh, yeah. I've answered the entire podcast, like, the where whole you, season. Yeah. Where are you at? Not where do you want the podcast to go. Right. But where are you? One time I saw a monarch butterfly leave the cocoon. Mm-hmm. And then as it breaks away the shell of the cocoon, it kind of fell on the ground. It's not flying yet. It's like wobbling around and its wings are like a little bit wet as best I can tell. I certainly wasn't going to touch it because that would mess it up. So it's doing its own thing and it's kind of like wiggling its wings around and it's flapping its wings around and it's moving along the ground and it's moving its wings a little bit more. And then finally, it seems like they get just dried enough to where it sees a flower and it goes straight for the flower and it jumps on the flower and then it's, oh, you smell so good, you lovely flower. Oh, thank God you're here. I needed you. You taste so delicious. And then it's like ingesting this little flower. But in the meantime, it's like barely hanging on to the flower. And then all of a sudden it decides, oh, look, there's another flower. And it's like, can I get to that other flower? And then it's like a drunk and it's like flying around and its, it's wings like, have been drying it's barely in the meantime, like yeah. moving and it can barely get around. And then all of a sudden the wings get a little bit more dried out and then it starts. And mm-hmm. now it's like a real drunk, big old drunk butterfly is just flying all around from flower to flower, just barely flopping down on the flower. But every time it gets to the flower, it just drinks and drinks and drinks. And it's just so joyful at like, and it has no idea what it has gotten itself into, but all it knows is that it feels weird. It's different. This is exactly what I feel like right now. This is... A big drunk butterfly. Exactly what I feel like. Like, I have no idea what happens, but I feel like I am a completely different person than I was just the other second ago, and I don't even know exactly where I'm going or what I'm doing or what it's supposed to feel like or any of that, but okay, here we go. Let's do this. This is going to be great. And hearing that man talk, and I'm like, okay, so if this is just the beginning, if I'm just a baby, then look how many more years I have to do awesome stuff of wellness and lifestyle. I've alluded to this idea that my mom is in poor health, and I've been hesitant to discuss it, which is all about my coding. We don't talk about our stuff. We don't talk about our problems. (laughs) So who am I to talk about her, not problems, but the station in life that is difficult mm-hmm. and, and diseased. And I feel that it is time to begin talking about that, mm-hmm. to get it out like you're popping a zit. <laughs> yeah. That's so how I, I handle it. <laughs> I think people can expect a little bit more of that. If it was just my thing, I would have not been hesitant. But since it's her thing... I was, and but it is just as much my thing. It no. is it is consuming. I have said this several times. At the end of this, I believe this is mm-hmm. the, something we should say to everyone that's caring for an aging parent. You have to live through this. Right. And so the entire time that it's going on, you're caring for someone else to help them live quality of life through this, but you have to live through this over the course of the last couple of weeks and largely while you were gone there was so much going on with my mom in and out of the hospital and trying to get her into an assisted living facility and that's where she is now but in talking to relatives and friends that have been in this to a degree with me i have heard so many times joe we don't know how you're doing it all 
<laughs> we do not know how you get as much done as you've been able to get done. They don't know you like I know you. I've never seen anybody well, like move I around. Don't, I don't think of it that way, though. I know you don't. I, I don't know. think of it as more tasks. It's it's just that's the job right now, so it has to happen. And I'm a fucking procrastinator. I mean, right. I will procrastinate the until right the last now. minute. That's exactly what you said. That's the job right now. It just has to get done. Yeah, I just that I, is I, how you do I it. I bring up the procrastination is to say I'm not here as the Tony Robbins of teaching you how to control your life and get it all done. No. I just have the ability to kind of get a bunch of stuff done. Now, don't look two or three degrees away from those tasks because there's probably a ton of other stuff that needs to get done. It'll get there. Don't worry. It's. I think the key is exactly that. It's that this is the job, the one that's right in front of me, the mm -hmm. one that I have to do right now. Yeah. That's the one that gets done. And if you just focus right here on this one and not anything else about whatever else is going on, this one, this is the one I have to get done. You get a lot of things done. Boom, 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 boom. But my mom's thing has been so difficult because it seeps into everything. Well, it seeps into your vibration, which goes with you everywhere. That's true. My mom, God love her, lives in crisis. Every day is a crisis. And half of my day, is explaining to her that this is not a crisis. And almost like, I can't participate in this one with you. Because I can't, in my mind, make this a crisis when it is not one. And mom, I don't have the ability to talk you out of crisis. Now, my aunt, her sister, told me the other day, you are so good at talking her out of crisis. It's like, I got my 10,000 hours, man. I mean, <laughs> I, yes. I've been doing it my entire life. I learned it from my father, who talked her out of crisis. But, and also codependent her into yeah. the exact situation that she is now. That's the blocking that, that you've done to prepare yourself. Like there's never a crisis. Right. And, and I'm like, hey, hey, if we're not careful, that thing that we're not paying attention to because we're getting done right here, what needs to get done. Right. It's becoming a crisis. In the background. And I don't want to have to deal with a crisis. I'd yeah. rather just fix the problem right now. <laughs> There will be more stories, and I will probably try to tell them in a way where we can have fun telling them, even though there is a lot of, what's the right word? Pain? Not pain. It no, there, I don't feel no, pain. Well, there's a lot of untended pain, which becomes a burning. Mine, mine or hers? Um, or both? Both. Both. It's, yeah, I don't it's know the about life, that untended it's pain It's the lifestyle... Yet. And that's a part of what's so painful to you, even in an unrecognized, protected, you know, space. Yeah. It's a lot for you. And it's a lot when you come in and we're together and I'm not at all very good. You're awakening. You're very empathic. So you feel everything. You're very sensitive. You feel everything. You're feeling these experiences, but you created boundaries to this particular lifestyle that was created in your immediate home what do you, your your core home what do you call that your um immediate your immediate family mm -hmm. your immediate family before you created new immediate families right that's all the boundaries and the things that you've done to create the protection for those particular situations that you're in then you're alongside of miss honest over here that literally can't say i mean like all all the time and you know i think i criticized myself that for a long time and then tried to convince myself that I wasn't. And so I just became like 
like this little little simple liar, just like little lies all the time, just a little bit you? of lying. Yeah, totally. That just doesn't feel right. Okay. So, and I'm talking about like past phases of I'm learning who I am, right? And why do you do that? Why do you create those lies? Why do you make the barriers to who you are? Well, you're protecting yourself from these different things that we're encountering as we're growing up and maturing and all of that kind of stuff. It creates well, you a know sense this way until up. you learn a different way, and learning that different way is usually being around different people than the people that taught you how to do it the other way. No, I uh, that's a part of the insanity loop too. I'm just going to learn a different way with other people because they have a different way. Now, that's not necessarily the way it is either. It's looking inside yourself and understanding why you've had the I don't think we said the same the thing, but I understand what you're trying to say. Okay. <laughs> and that's all right. Turning 50, and I, don't get me wrong, I don't cry in the shower, but that number was larger, well, I was going to say, than the other numbers prior to it, but duh, that's how numbers work. But something <laughs> about that big, nice, fat, round number did you get an idea in your head that all of a sudden now you're old? Because I'm sorry, but hopefully no, the podcast no. with my friend, the 100-year-old. Right, right. Listen, I, got I have no excuses for you. If you're ready to like hole up and die, that's But I'm going to go find me one that's ready to live on to be 100 years old, Earlier still canoeing and running. Earlier in this hour, our friends here heard you say they don't know you, Joe, as much as I know you. Do you know me as the guy that's getting in a hole to hole up and die? Well, no, definitely not Absolutely that. not. In fact, the but opposite I do, of it. I have been bringing this up repeatedly over the last few episodes, and that is I do want you to take care of yourself like you're in a relationship with a 43-year-old woman who sees yeah. herself like a 23-year-old woman who is ready to take on the world. Well, there's a couple of things going on. Number one, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I had done a big creative endeavor. Uh-huh. And I did. While you were gone, you were gone for two Thursdays. There were two Thursdays while you were gone. And over in town, Thursday nights, downtown at this place, pizza place, converts itself into a comedy club. And I have my entire life mm -hmm. wanted to do open mic comedy. Mm -hmm. We watch all the comedians. Uh, we do. And I'm not saying I would be great at it because I have watched enough comedians and listened to enough comedian podcasts and read books about the subject to know that it is harder than you think it's going to be. I used the first Thursday you were gone to go down to the comedy club and do recon. Hmm. What is it? How does it work? What do I do? What are the, what's the protocol? You went in and got the vibes. Exactly. The other comedians that go up, what are they, what are they like? How are they? Are they funny? And then I used the next Thursday to do it. Mm -hmm. You get five minutes. I had over-prepared. I could have done 10 minutes easily. I got it down to seven. I walked up. I said, hey, how long do we get? I, I, my first time. Oh, you get five minutes. Oh, what if you go over a minute? No, out of respect to the other comedians, you don't want to take up, you know, a bit larger chunk of time than everyone has. Like, mm -hmm. shit. Mm -hmm. So I go to the car and I had created myself a little card. Mm -hmm. Inconspicuous bullet points in case I forget where I was or get stuck, which is very common to do at open mic, to have a piece of paper or use your phone. I'm glad I wasn't here for you to go on those I, adventures because, not because I, I don't want to see it, because I'll see it someday for sure. Yeah. But because I think that it's a good way to do that kind of stuff is to say, like, I don't really need to talk to you about it, ask your permission, yeah. or feel anxious about you even knowing. I'm just going to go do this thing and then I'll tell right. you about I it. I told you about it the day before. Yeah. You were like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm doing and I was this like, tomorrow. what? Uh, okay, whatever. You know, I'm in Hawaii. Do what you want, dude. I didn't tell a soul. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell a person. Yeah. I didn't want to be distracted. Yeah. I didn't want to yeah. have to have anything in my head except microphone, stage, strangers. Mm -hmm. 
I went out to the car and I had, I scratched out a couple bullet points because I didn't want to do it wrong. You know, I don't, yeah. I want to respect everyone else's time. Yeah. But what I ended up doing was taking out some connective tissue between concepts mm-hmm. and didn't rehearse that. Mm-hmm. So when I got up there, there are blanks and fits and starts, but the parts that I thought would get big laughs did. Oh. I taped it. I videotaped it. Mm-hmm. It gets worse every time I watch it. <laughs> and I'm intending on going up again tomorrow. Oh. Now, that'll just be a little hobby. Every once in a while, do it. But it's an example of knocking everything off the bucket list. Mm-hmm. The, the, we, we, what, what are we waiting on? Mm-hmm. You know, the travels that we talk about. I cannot wait to hear you tell jokes about me. <laughs> but then, September 1st, we're starting Whole30. Okay. And go back and find the episode two, three weeks ago with your mom as a guest. Mm-hmm. It's called You're That Woman. This is exactly the kick in the ass that I need. I agree. To move us, to move myself in a direction that will benefit this long-term conversation that we're having. I agree. I'm ready for this. This is what I told you I'm ready for. Well, you said so here at the table two or three weeks ago, and then the other day you said, I'm going to do it Aislinn's way. I am going to do it Aislinn's way. Now, hold on. Before you tell me what Aislinn's way is, let me remind everybody, the Whole30 diet is a strict 30-day elimination diet that many people turn to for weight loss or to help with digestive concerns. It's a way to understand your body and how it reacts to foods that we might be over-consuming as an American population. Yeah. The program encourages you to listen. Cut out alcohol. Yeah. Cut out all sugar. Now, we've done sugar fasts that include alcohol before together. Mm -hmm. You always drop eight, nine pounds when you do those just Mm -hmm. because of the caloric intake. Right. Drop all grains. Mm -hmm. No rice. Mm -hmm. No corn. No wheat. No problem for you with the wheat. You're doing that already. Right. No legumes. Mm -hmm. No peanuts. Mm -hmm. You can eat all the other nuts. No dairy. And no additives. They don't want you to eat a bunch of processed foods that might be Whole30 compliant from the rules that I just said, but have a bunch of polysorbate, dicolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolacolac
Yes, yes. And what I think I've discovered since I started kind of investigating, because the thing about me is, is that once I start talking about a problem, I don't just, I'm not like average people that just talk about it. Once I start talking about it, it means I'm aware of it. It means I'm paying attention to it. It means I'm making changes towards fixing the problem. What I've discovered is my body was craving more calories than I was giving it. So what happens is I wasn't eating any kind of meal or lunch or on the days that I wasn't, I would find myself just snacking later and later and later and just snacking and snacking and snacking. I was also finding that because we weren't keeping the really good, high quality, clean fruits, salty snacks and things like that, that fill that need for me, I was eating a lot of the other cheap stuff that we were grabbing. There were also snacks, but like that was the stuff that was going down and I was just going through that stuff. I also don't want to be where I'm eating all the same kinds of chips all the time, all the same kinds of snacks all the time, all this, the diversity side of stuff is really important to me. So what I'm willing to commit to is being in it with you. So nothing that I do is going to affect you doing the Whole30 exactly the way you need to do it. You won't be cracking up beers around me to make me jealous. I'm not going to crack a beer anyways. You know, anything that you eat, the way you serve a meal, I'm going to eat that. If you make the effort to make certain types of snacks to keep around or certain types of, you know, the things that you will, I don't know, get home and eat after work. If you make certain types of things and keep those types of things around, those are the things that I will snack on. Well, let's go a step further and commit to keeping those snacks around for you. Absolutely. All the time. All of the time. The thing that I said, I was talking to my mom about this a couple of days ago about what my commitment is. And the thing is, is that I said, I'm not afraid there's going to be enough food. And she said, there's plenty of food. It just takes some more work. And it does get me thinking that like... Okay, we've got to make sure we've got the whole eggs boiled all the time. It's right. the amount of work that's required to make this happen. Are we going to be able to, between you and I, make enough food for me to not have to add in some of the grains and things like that that are Plus, in the legumes? I saw that your Thrive Box showed up today, and there's a in, lot of stuff in there that it would not be Whole30 compliant. There's a lot of things, but I don't have to open all of that stuff. I can wait until afterwards for some of it. Well, I'm doing mine for me. You're doing yours for you. Right. And if you opened something up that I couldn't have, no no harm, no foul. But at also any time I'm seeing, because I'm affected by if my family next door is doing a better job of choosing more non-dairy things, because dairy seems to be, you know, I'm on team, let's all just keep cleaning up our diets and taking it one step at a time to clear out stuff. I am fully on board with shifting my drinking to where it is not a part of my lifestyle as it's a lead on what I go to do. Right. I'm going to go do this thing and it is going to go drink. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm about. And so I've when I'm on vacation, that's not what I'm about. When I'm going to an event, I'm not drawn to the wine tasting event. Those types of things don't draw me anymore. They did. They did. The beer tasting things sure. and the whatever, they did. That's not where I am anymore. What draws me in is whole, clean, delicious foods, fresh, clean, local foods and fish and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So if you're going to do some things to improve your wellness and it's going to include cooking more clean food and keeping more clean food around our house, I'm going to fill my body up with all of that good clean food. 
The other thing I was going to say is, is that it's time to harvest, and I mentioned this just a few minutes ago, southern peas, cow peas, black-eyed peas, and there's just certain things that you're not going to keep me from eating. Nobody's oh, is that a legume? T- that's a legume. Nobody's going to tell me I can't eat black-eyed peas. So you're not going to even do the no legume thing 100% because you're eating black-eyed peas right now. Well, if you're not going to cook black-eyed peas, I don't know who's going to oh, cook them. I can them. cook them the, like I did the other night. It took 25 minutes. Well, see, this is the thing that I think needs to start I'm occurring. I'm just going to say no. What I think needs to start occurring anyways to help with some of this diet stuff for our lifestyle and the way we eat and how much calories I need to be consistent. Because I do not need to lose weight, you guys, at all. Like, period. Yeah, like, I can it's vouch. Not, yeah. My body does not need to lose weight. I probably need to gain muscle, which is like, you know, stronger, leaner, right. leaner food. Yes, that part I completely understand. I like your butt when just I, the way it is. Aww. Well, one of, but one of the things I've been hoping for is that like on Sundays or a couple times a week, we would create a bank of foods in the refrigerator that I can eat for lunch and stuff like soups. I'm telling you, black eyed peas, I could pour a can of black eyed peas into a bowl and heat it up and eat it. I'm not going to do that now because I grow them out on the farm, but I can eat that. I can eat hummuses. I've gotten into these little seaweed snacks. Mm-hmm. I love those things. Yeah, I just I'm need all these little those. salty snacks. Okay, so here's the two things that I'm taking away. Number one. Aislinn does what she wants. Here's the three things that I'm taking <laughs> away. You just said the first one. Number two. Now, number one, we've got plenty of conversations to have in the next week before we get started. And we will share where we landed on episode one of season four. Okay. And then in that episode, I think that'll be the last day or two before we start this thing. Okay. So we're going to have all of these conversations to get it all ironed out. Okay. I'm loving what you're talking about though. Yeah. Stocking the fridge rather than the pantry with a quick go through thing that is cleaner and better for you and less ingredients. Yep. Okay. That leads me to number two. Guests, mm-hmm. Google Whole30 and do this with us. Yeah. We can support one another. Yeah. We can give each other tricks and tips. I imagine we'll see your mom at the dinner table again before this is all over with because I'm going to heavily lean on her and everything she learned when she did this just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's got the recipes. She's got the tips and tricks, the dressings and how to make them for salads because we're going to be eating plenty of salads. Like you said, boil up a bunch of hard-boiled eggs, get some clean Whole30 compliance soups ready in the freezer, ready to go. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good. And, you know, it leans into a lot of the things that I want to do with the pavilion here at the farm, with some of these events and things that we're bringing up with this eat, grow, heal, celebrate concept. Cooking classes? What if we talk about all these different types of things we've been cooking? All these gadgets my mom uses when she does all these Whole30 things, mm-hmm. her Ninja Foodie and her Spiralizer and her Instant Pots and we all these things. We ate meals with your folks during Whole30 that were... Excellent. Five-star gourmet. Excellent. Excellent food. Excellent food. So as always, when we do anything, there's always great things that come out that enter into our lifestyle. I posted a video on YouTube that was taken by the Caller Times, the Corpus Christi Caller Times. It's a local big newspaper around our area here. And in 2011, they came here to the farm. We had just started doing stuff out here at the farm. I had just moved out here to the farm for the first time. And they talked about what we're doing out here on the farm. And I posted that video up today and just said, I'm really excited about where we're going now. Mm -hmm. And someone said, man, it's so amazing. You have such a great job. And I said, oh, that's because it's just a lifestyle. And I love my life. Right. 
this is a lifestyle yeah. and the podcast is a teaching and learning experience for us to share with all the friends that show up at the dinner table. Eat, heal, grow, celebrate. Well, hey, while we're in this intellectual vibe, why don't you kick over a question that we can deep dive into? Well, there is this one tradition that we've kept since season one. We started out where we were doing the table topics, mm -hmm. and we've continued this random question through every season, and I like it. I think it comes up. I think that it, sometimes it just kind of gives a door closed to the end of a great podcast, but sometimes it leads us into things that lead on for weeks and weeks and weeks. So do you have a question for me tonight? I do. I made it myself. Oh. If you could change one thing about the podcast from production to the kinds of things we talk about, what would it be? Anything. My attitude about recording. What do you mean? Well, I'm kind of grumpy about recording the podcast. I like recording the podcast. I like listening to the podcast. I like that people talk to me about listening to the podcast. I like that we see growth in listeners on the podcast. I like what we talk about on the podcast. I like that you produce the podcast. I like that you edit the podcast. I mostly like that you spend time pretty efficiently doing the podcast. But there's something grumpy I have about getting the podcast recorded. Because I feel like I'm not that good at it, maybe. Mm. I think that we might have been in a little bit of an insanity loop Imagine about that. that topic. When the flow is right, it's fantastic. If the flow gets a little detoured into a place that isn't pleasant, we can stick there and be hesitant to get it back on track. Both of us. Mm-hmm. I understand exactly what you mean, and I understand why you're having a hard time articulating it. I like the free flow of our conversations, but I also don't need to leave you three hours of podcast to edit, so... That's not going to be my answer. <laughs> there are production elements of the podcast that I'm ready to shift and change. Uh-huh. And they're going to start next week. Okay. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Hmm, Okay. And we kicked off YouTube, so if you haven't ever heard that's us right. on YouTube and that's an easier place for you to listen, you can go check that out too. Or tell your friends, I have this great podcast, and they're like, I don't listen to podcasts. Do you use YouTube? Yes, I do use YouTube. Well, then you can listen to my awesome favorite podcast How on do YouTube. they find those YouTube videos? It's just Aisling Campbell. On YouTube. I hate it when I say it's just Aisling Campbell because technically it's Aisling Campbell. Not it's just Aislinn Campbell. Search your name on YouTube. Yeah. Aislinn Campbell. There's a whole playlist there. Yeah. Season three in the books, baby. Page has been turned. Season four coming up next week. Here we go. I'm ready. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> a big drunk butterfly. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. <laughs>